recording on Audacity. Let's go. Hey everybody, welcome back to Reading with Celebrities. I'm Lindsay. I'm Tiffany. And it's our check-in. Last time was our discussion on the Dictionary of Lost Words by Pip Williams. Yeah, so if you have read that book, go listen to that episode and see what our thoughts were. And we announced our next one, which is The Henna Artist. Yes, which I'm really which excited a, about. Me too, it was a quick, it, it was ava- like immediately available at the library. So I went and I got it. <laughs> yeah, it's... Same here, but I'm not ready for it. Like, I have a lot, I have a lot on my plate right now in, in terms of what I need to read, and I don't know. I shouldn't be stressed about reading. I shouldn't be stressed about reading. No, that's kind of how I got last year with the 52 books where, like, at one point I was like, I'm not going to make it. Like, yeah. I'm not even going to get close. And then August, like, our break hit. And I was just like, you have all the time in the world to read. So read. And I was just like, ah. Yeah. I know. I just, so many books, so little time. It's really unfair. So, but yeah. How's it going? What are you reading? It's good. Um, I currently have Remarkably Bright Creatures. And I'm about halfway through. Yes. And I can completely understand why you would cry about an octopus. Because I love him. (laughs) He's so great. I keep reading his his bits in um, Benedict Cumberbatch's voice. Uh (laughs) Oh. Because I feel like that that fits really well. Yeah. But, but, um, yeah, I think I figured out the whole disappearance thing. I think I've already put that together. Yeah, I feel like... Like, we, we know it early on as the reader. It's, yeah. you're waiting for the anticipation for it to all come together for the mm-hmm. characters, so. Yeah, because yeah. at first when I figured it out, I was like, oh, this is probably what it is. I was like, that's kind of dumb, but then I was like, it's it's probably going to be more of, like, the culmination of everything that, yeah instead of, like, a big twist, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, so, I yeah, think, I'm... I just thought it was, like, a super cute story. Yeah, so I'm really enjoying that one. Um. Uh, I finished Bones and All. Okay, I'm gonna give that one a four. Nice, five stars. I, I really, really liked it. Um, it wasn't so like, it starts off with the girl obviously like talks about when she was three and she first ate her babysitter, and then <laughs> sorry, <laughs> and then it it kind of. You get quick background into when she turns 16 and she wakes up and her mom has left and has just left a note saying, I can't do this anymore because, hold on. <clears throat> okay, well, um, because anytime she gives into her urges to eat, mm-hmm. like eat a person, they have to, they have to just pack up and move right away. Yeah. And the mom, at one point, she's like, I have a really good job. I really like my coworkers. Just please behave yourself and... She ends up um, eating her boss's son, um, oh. <laughs> like at a Christmas party that they're all at. That's a little but, awkward. Um, so she, like, her mom has left her that note, left her money, and it's very sad because it's like, hey, we're gonna celebrate your birthday. So she does like 
you know, kind of like when you're going to put a dog down and you get him like McDonald's and you take it basically like that. Like they do all of her favorite things. Yeah. So it was very sad. And I was like, Ooh. so she, and she leaves her with some cash and stuff like that. So she, Marin essentially packs up her life and originally goes to her grandparents' house because she knows her mom's going to be there. And then she gets there and she sees her mom and she realizes essentially like it's not safe for me to be around her because I may just lose my self-control at any point. And that like, it's obvious I didn't get that urge from her. I must have gotten it from my father, but I don't know my father. So she sets off to find him instead. Mm -hmm. And along the way, she meets a boy close to her age who's also an eater and then she meets an older man um, who is also an eater. And you just get weird vibes from him the entire time. And you're like, Marin, stop trusting this man. Yeah. <laughs> like, and so it, it, it tur- like culminates into this whole, like, she finally realizes why he's bad. There's like very, it's, I, it's not a romance. I don't consider it a romance. Yeah. They apparently turned the whole movie to focus more on the romance between, um, Oh, now I can't remember his name. Marin and the other boy she meets Mm -hmm. because he's like, you know, his whole thing is, is like, I only eat people who do bad things to others. Um, And then you can never really figure out the older gentleman. His name's Sully. You can't ever figure out what his thing is. Because at first when he shows up, he's like, oh, I only eat people who are dead. Like, I let them live their lives. They die. And then I eat them. Well, come to find out, he's basically is like yeah they're dead i just don't tell you how i make them dead like yeah. so he goes around and he kills people I was gonna say, like, he's a serial killer <laughs> he's, he's like i kill him um, and then spoiler alert for anybody who wants to read this just fast forward a bit sully ends up being her grandfather her dad's father oh. she finds her dad he's in a mental hospital because of these urges that he's had he's just been slowly driven insane um, so he's there where it's considered safe. And then at the very end, they essentially managed to find their, <laughs> to like con their way into living in this girl's college dorm after she had been eaten. That one's part of like, that was probably the biggest like plot hole for me where I was like, somebody would know. Yeah, like she was in a sorority. Her friends were looking for her, and they never at once came to check. Like it was one of those things. Yeah, like, that was the only plot hole that really bothered me. But um, so like Marin's entire thing is any except for her babysitter, she's only eaten boys or men her age or around her age, and it's this pattern of she moves to a new school, nobody likes her, uh, like kind of like the weird kid or one of the boys befriends her. She thinks she's found a friend. They invite her over. She realizes that the boy just wants to, like, kiss her, you know, wants something a little bit more physical. She tries to tell them to stop, and they're just like, come on, let's do it. And that's when she eats them. Oh, yeah. So at the very end, um, she's, like, her and the other boy get drunk. They're lying in dead college girl's bed, and he starts to come on to her. And she keeps telling him to stop, and he doesn't stop, so she eats him. Yeah. And after that, she just kind of commits to the whole, like, I'm an eater. I'm not going to try to, f- like, fight it. If I come across somebody I want to eat, I'm going to eat it. <laughs> just... Eat them. <laughs> it's called girl power. Uh, yeah. 
And so my, like, and then I, this was like the one time I read the author's note at the end. Mm-hmm. And the author is vegan. And she said, I've had a lot of people ask me, like, why, if I'm vegan, why would I write a book about cannibals? And she was just like, kind of any way to get the message of veganism out. Which I get, but I don't think that's the strongest yeah, way to that. do that. Um, then I was reading what other people's, because my interpretation was that this was like strongly feminist where she was fighting back against boys who wouldn't listen to her say no. Yeah. All these other people on the internet were like, she's afraid of affection. And I'm like, I don't think that's it. I don't, with the exception of the babysitter at the very beginning where like, you know, she's a toddler. She doesn't really understand all that much. Like, like I, I took like, she talks about the boy when she was eight at the summer camp. You know, she thought they were there to look at the stars one night, and then he kept leaning over to try to kiss her, and he wouldn't listen, so she ate him. There was the boss's son where they were playing, talking, you know, normally all that, and then he was like, let's go hang out in the basement. And he was like, I'll show me yours if you show me my, or, you know, I'll show yeah. you mine if you show me yours. And she said no, and he dropped his pants anyways. So she ate him. Yeah, like, that's not about All affection. these other things, and then... Yeah, and like the very last one when she, I really wish I could remember his name. That's really gonna bother me. Um, at the very end, I can't find it. But um, at the very end when she reads the or eats the the boy that she's been on this whole journey with, who up to this point the only time she's been explaining like, yeah, there's like flits of jealousy i kind of like him but like we're not at that level um like he comes on to her finally and she she says please stop and he's like no i want to do this i know you want to do this too and she eats him so i'm like i don't consider this like she's afraid of affection sort of thing no this is men not listening when you say no yes and so i thought the the um like the whole affection argument. I was like, I don't, uh, maybe I'm reading this wrong or maybe other people just want this to be a romance. Yeah. But I read, I was going to watch the movie and then I read, they basically changed it to make it a romance. And I was like, I don't want to, <laughs> Yeah. I don't want to watch that. And they said too, cause in the book, like eating the person happens real quick. And oh. the only thing that's ever really left is like the bloody clothes. Yeah. <laughs> and in the, in the movie, apparently they make it much slower that was the other thing. Like, in in the book, anytime she eats, it's because she allows herself to eat. Yeah. And she gives into it. She starts it on her own. And apparently in the movie, she only eats when the men, like, beckon her over to eat. And I'm like, that takes away the whole thing. Yeah. Like, who, who did this? <laughs> so, I really liked it. Um, okay. But I didn't, I don't know, necessarily agree with everybody else's takes on it, I guess yeah. you could say. Which, and it seems to be fairly polarizing. Like, either you liked it, or um, you thought it was not good. So Yeah, well, it's, <clears throat> it's interesting, like, when books do this, like, how so many people have, like, different takes on how they thought what this book meant, and then, like, the author saying the reason I wrote this was to talk about veganism and stuff. Like it's just a completely, everybody has their own like 
this is what I took from it, this is what I took from it. Which I think you'll see, like, if you listen to last week's episode of The Dictionary of Lost Words, like, Lindsay and I have very different opinions about two characters in particular (laughs) and how we thought they were portrayed or how what, what we felt for them. So it's really funny, like, we both read the same book and we're like, no, no. No. <laughs> this is what I thought. So, okay. But yeah, the author for that is Camille DeAngelis. I know. And, and reading, the storyline deals with issues such as feminism, loneliness, and self-loathing and the moral problem of flesh eating. So I stand by my assessment. <laughs> and <laughs> drop the mic. I'm done. Drop the mic. But yeah, I thought that was a weird take on it where it was like, at no point were there ever like her, like her, every answer to one of the boys reaching out to her was always, please don't, I don't want to do that. Yeah. And they would, they would press the issue. It was never, I want to do this, but it's not safe for you, which is a completely different. Yeah. That's a different thing. Like, I like you a lot, but I'm scared that I'll eat you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So. I also just liked the fact that when they introduced Lee, Lee, that's his name. Uh, when they introduce him in the book, it's because Marin's managed to make her way into a Walmart and there's this drunk guy wearing a cowboy hat, like screaming and yelling at her and this other woman. And Lee shows up and he's like, let me, t- let me take you outside in the back and mm-hmm. we'll, we'll, we'll call down. We'll talk, talk about this. And then like five minutes later, she sees Lee again wearing the cowboy hat. And she's like, that's weird. And then she looks in the back and she realizes that there's no exit out in the back, only the bathroom. So he just <laughs> took him to the bathroom, ate him and took his hat. <laughs> <laughs> that's weird <laughs> yes that's weird but yeah so that was I also just this is real quick I have a cool bookmark I want to show you Ooh. so I got in this Christmas 2020 and I had forgotten about it because it's been packed up and I finally unpacked it but it's called I Heart Reading One More Page and it's clear I don't it's, you know, I can't really show you yeah. what it's supposed to be. but um, So it's shaped like this. So it's got the little tag hanging up. And you fold that over and down. So it's like a hook. And this part, the small part, goes on the page that you're on. And this goes the page you want to stop at. And so when you flip the page, this marks your page that you're at all the time. Oh. And so like if you fall asleep or if you have to put the book down real quick, it's always marked where you're at. Huh. Yeah, That's it's cool. it's working really well. Like, you're I like, like mm, I, I love don't, it. <laughs> I don't know, because you know, sometimes you get those and you're like, these are just not working for me at all. But I don't know. Maybe I can show you. It's hard because it's clear. Yeah. yeah. So like, I don't know if you can see. So I have it on this page uh-huh. and it's right here. And then when you oh god, now it's gonna fail. And then like when you turn the page, it's already marked the next page that you're on. Nice. So, and it doesn't like, like there's been a couple times where yeah. I had to like put the book down real quick and yeah it was still marked and it's great for if you fall asleep while reading <laughs> yeah and it doesn't look like it like messes up the page as you're turning it like it doesn't like cut the mm-hmm. or tear the page or, or anything no because it's it's real flexible and just like loose so nice but yeah I had forgotten about those and then I found them while I'm packing and I was like I forgot my mom got me these <laughs> Yeah, because falling asleep while reading happens all the time. Because, like, usually you're trying to read before bed, so you're already tired. Like, it's not like the book is boring or anything. It's just 
you're already in that mood. Like you're like a... laying in bed. You have your blankets on. You're in your pajamas. Contacts are out. <laughs> you're already ready for I'm bed. T- I'm trying to think of. I don't remember what book it was, but I was reading it, and it was a good one. I was reading it. it might have been the last Poppy War book, Burning God. I can't remember. But I was reading on my Kindle, and I've got one of those, those alarm clocks where, like, you can mimic oh, yeah. the, you know, the sunrise, the sunset. So I usually will do it on the sunset, and then once it goes out, then I'm done reading. And I'm usually tired by that time anyways. And so I was on my Kindle, went out, so I put my Kindle down, and I rolled over, and I grabbed my phone and started reading on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> and then I fell asleep. Yeah. I'm always scared that I'm going to, like, drop the Kindle on my face. Like. Have you seen that setup you can do? Yes, and you have the remote. I, I put that on my. I put that on my Christmas list. And you have the remote that turns the pages for you. Yes. When I saw that, I was like, I feel like Lindsay would love this. <laughs> like I thought of you immediately. I was like, I feel like this is like mm-hmm. right up your alley. <laughs> well, it's like it's also great for, um, like, if you're watching something mm-hmm. and you don't want to prop yourself up, and you just. Yep. <laughs> it's great. Yeah. Well, this morning before we recorded, I listened to, I think it was the 81st episode two weeks ago. It was, the title of it's Merry Christmas, Becca. Oh, yeah. The one where I couldn't speak, I couldn't say post-apocalyptic, all those fun things. It was a super great episode. But the reason I listened to it is I was trying to figure out if I had discussed um, this time tomorrow, like, saying that I finished it. Because I was like, I couldn't remember when I finished it and, like if we had recorded yet. So in that episode, I had not finished it. And last week's episode was obviously the discussion on Dictionary of Lost Words. So again, I hadn't, I didn't have a chance. Um, So I did finish it. I gave it four stars. Nice. Really liked it. Um, The premise is Alice is turning 40 years old. Um, She's dating somebody, but it's not really going anywhere. She lives in New York. She works at this like, exclusive private school where she gets to interview the parents and the kids and decides like if they get to come in and stuff and um one of them that comes in it's a whole old high school friend and he has his wife and his son and they're trying to get him into the school and then like she goes and has dinner with her best friend sam for her 40th birthday um and then she decides and like the whole thing like her dad's like in the hospital he's basically in hospice care but they don't really know what's wrong with him but they know it's not good. He's not talking or anything. And she decides to go to her dad's house to go feed the cat and then um, falls asleep falls asleep in the shed there and then wakes up on her 16th birthday. Oh. And so she realizes, like, her dad is healthy. And she's like, okay, this might be my chance to change history to make him better. Um so she kind of changes the course of her 16th birthday a little bit. Like, the the high school um, boy that shows up at the school, his name is Tommy. Um, she had, like, a crush on him. Um, her best friend Sam is there. Like, all these things. And so she kind of, like, tweaks little things, like, says some things to kind of change history. Like, tells her dad to not smoke. Um, tells her friend Tommy, you know, when we get older, let's get married. Like, these little things that she kind of switches up. Um... And so when she goes back to sleep that night, she wakes up again. This time she's married. She has two kids. Like, things are different. 
but her dad's still in the hospital, so that didn't change. And so she's trying to figure out, like, how to do it. And the cool thing is, is, like, her dad actually knows about the time travel because he can do it, too. And his day goes – and she always goes back to her 16th birthday. He actually always goes back to the day that she was born kind of thing. Yeah. Like, and so it's just kind of her, like, trying to figure out what she needs to say or do to kind of change her course. Um, And that's kind of how it is – throughout the book or whatever, and so I thought it was really good. It was really sweet, um, and just, yeah, I don't know. I really liked it. Well, because I, either you said it and I wasn't listening, or you didn't say it, but I looked up the author, Emma Straub. Oh, yeah, and Peter Straub. Guess who? Yeah, her father. Yes. We read, um... Ghost Story. He wrote Black House, yeah, uh... Right? Black House and the Talisman with Stephen King. Mm-hmm. And then he also wrote Ghost Story, which we read for Book Club. Yeah. Did you read the bit about what inspired her to write This Time Tomorrow? No. Um, she said, this year published This Time Tomorrow, a novel in which, as you said, a woman struggles with the decline of her father's help. And she said it was inspired in part by her dad's joking, um, joked that he was like, you should write about a woman visiting her father in the hospital, and then said, what page do I die on? <laughs> Isn't that... God. <laughs> That's so funny. So I didn't know that. Yeah. I really yeah. liked Black House and Talisman. As you know, those were like mm-hmm. yes. Stephen King books that I recommend to people who don't necessarily like. I have your copy still of the Talisman that I haven't had a chance to read. Okay, I was wondering. <laughs> there's so many <laughs> books where I'm like, do I have that? Did I give that out? I think that's the Did only one I have left. That's the only one I think I have of yours now. There's a couple of them where I'm like, did I actually have that? Or was that a library book? (laughs) Yeah, because you had given me Gerald's Game, Carrie, and The Talisman. And I know I returned the other two to you. Yes. And Carrie, I gave you Well Read back. (laughs) It was Well Read. (laughs) That's fine. There's, um, I can't beat the, uh. It's a storm, a feast for crows. That's just like, oh god, so funny. Um, are you currently reading anything? Just remarkably bright creatures. Okay. Yeah, I have Hannah Art, the Hannah Artist, but I think I'll start that after. Yeah, because I've got some time. Well, if you remember, it's probably like our first episode in January, where I did my fun like TBR jar or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I selected The Woman in Cabin 10 by Ruth Ware. And I think at that point, like, I didn't really talk about what the book was or anything like that. So I'm currently reading it. So I guess it's my February book instead of January. Um, <laughs> but what it's about, it says, Lo is a journalist who writes for a travel magazine and has been given the assignment of a lifetime. A week on a luxury cruise with only a handful of cabins. Um, the sky is clear. The water's calm. And the veneered select guest, jovial as the exclusive cruise ship, the Aurora, begins her voyage in the picturesque North Sea. At first, Lowe's stay is nothing but pleasant. The cabins are plush, the dinner parties are sparkling, and the guests are elegant. But as the week wears on, frigid winds whip the deck, gray skies fall, and Lowe witnesses what she can only describe as a dark and terrifying nightmare, a woman being thrown overboard. The problem? All passengers remain accounted for, and so the ship sails on as if nothing has happened. 
despite Lowe's desperate attempts to convey that something has gone terribly, terribly wrong. So the only thing, like, I'm only about 70, 80 pages in. Um, The only thing that it kind of reminds me of is, like, all those books about the women that think they see something or they saw something and nobody believes them because they are usually drunk or are like potentially an alcoholic kind of thing. And, and so here, like, again, she's day one on the cruise and she's already talking about how much like champagne she's already had tonight, that kind of thing and how much she's drinking and how much she, and that she should probably stop. But when somebody's like, can I get you a refill? She says yes with no problems. So it kind of has like that same premise of like a woman sees something and nobody believes her. That's what I'm, that's what I feel like it's going to go into that direction. So, um, we'll see. And then I can't remember if I talked about this one. I know we talked about the author, but, um, I'm also reading Things We Do in the Dark by Jennifer Hillier. Which, oh, I saw you. Um, yeah. And that's oh, about... Maybe it's creeping on your Goodreads. Yeah. <laughs> Stalkers. <laughs> Rude. Um, I need you to stop. And this one's about a woman that's arrested. Um, she's found in her own bathroom covered in blood holding a razor and her husband's dead in that bathtub. So she's charged for murder. And she's a... Her husband's um, really well known, so... She's famous, like, everybody's hearing about it. Um, and she says that it's only a matter of time before someone from her long-hidden past recognizes her and destroys her life, that she's worked hard to build. And then, like, then it kind of jumps to 25 years earlier, where a woman named Ruby Reyes, um, known as the Ice Queen, was convicted of a similar murder. And Reyes knows who Paris really is, and Ruby's about to be... Um, Oh my god. Released? Yes, thank you. Released. (laughs) That word was gone. Not in my vocabulary. It was was a lost word for me. Um, It's about to be released from prison, so Paris is scared that people are going to find out who she truly is. And I think I know how this story is going. Like, I feel like I've already solved it, so we'll see if I'm completely right or if there's going to be some crazy, like, twist or whatever. It was aliens. <laughs> if it was, the I'm, whole I'm, time. I'm completely wrong then. Um, so those are the two books that I'm like currently reading. And then um, I kind of did like a February TBR of like what I want to read. And so obviously the henna artist is on there, which we talked about last week. And then I want to read Lessons in Chemistry, which is um, a really popular book right now. And I want to read it pretty quickly because somebody at work lent it, lent it to me, so I want to, like, I don't want to hold on to it <laughs> forever. <laughs> like, but, I need to give this back at some point. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, those are, that's kind of where my TBR is. But I also thought it would be fun to do my TBR jar for February. Yes. Yeah. Okay, let me grab it real quick. So I was just thinking about, I was going to try to figure out how to do the number all the books I have left. Oh, yeah. I know. It might be easy just to get stickers. <laughs> yeah. Stickers on all of them, like the little cheap number stickers. Yeah, you can get, like, um, or, like, the stickers, like, for prices at, like, a garage sale, and just, like, number them 1 through 25, or however many books. Yeah, like, the little dots. Yeah, like, however many you decide. 
um, you want to do. Okay. So even though I have not finished The Woman in Cabin 10, we're going to go ahead and pick which book I'll be reading in February. So another little ASMR for everybody. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> You've got the nice nails for it. Mine, every time I try to go get them, one of them breaks. So they're just like... <laughs> also, my mom finished Battle Royale. <gasps> yes. She liked it a lot. She also... Good. I told her... Um, when she was started to read it, like, make sure you kind of, like, take notes or kind of, like, at least list the characters. You you listed the characters and, and crossed them off as they died, which, yeah. is, which is something I did not do when I read it. Yeah. And so at some points I was like, I thought Kamiki would already die. Yes. <laughs> well, and I it got, was somebody else. And I was like, oh. oh. And I got but once idea. you get down to, like. Yeah. Because there's a lot of, like, little separate bits that don't really play into the main mm-hmm. story where it's just to show, like, these kids have to fight each other. Yeah. Um, it doesn't really boil down to, like, the top four or five characters. Yeah, once you kind of know who the main characters are, it's like those other people are going to slowly die off or whatever. But, yeah. So, she read that. She really liked it. So, I thought I would let, you know, like, my mom liked a book. Yay! <laughs> I felt like that was a good... That was going to be a good one for her. Yeah. All right. Are we ready? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This one, Lindsay, is the memoir that you got me in the blind date, the crisis one. Oh, the one where it's like the family keeps running everywhere? Yes. I It's a long title, and I just wrote the crisis pursued. Okay. It's called Crisis Pursued by Disaster, Followed Closely by Catastrophe, a memoir of Life on the Run by Mike O'Connor. So... This is, like, about Mike. Like, his family was, like, always on the run. Um, they were either living, like, in a small town in Texas or in Mexico. And this is him, like, finding out what was really going on. Nice. So this is, yeah, this is that one that you got the blind date with the book last year for me. And I was like, this sounds amazing. I'm excited. I'm ex- I'm really excited for this one. And maybe I might want to do it as, like, a, um audio book because that might be really good like read along with it's it always, kind of thing yeah it's always good when well if it's somebody you don't know you might want to listen to the sample first oh yeah if their true. voice is super annoying oh yeah then you're like Meh. so yeah oh i'm excited i'm gonna go ahead nice. and put want to read on there yeah okay that just that just changed the whole thing because like when I picked The Woman in Cabin 10, I wasn't thrilled with it, but that's just because I've heard, like, pretty bad things about it, and obviously I can have my own opinion or, or whatever, but when you've heard a bunch of people saying they did not like it, it does not give you the best going in. And, like, Ruth Ware kind of reminds me of um, Riley Sager, where, like, she's a very polarizing author. Like, you either love her read her books or you hate them. Yeah. So... So, and this is my first way I wrote another one that I made. Yeah, and I mean, and... In a Dark, Dark Wood was supposed to be very good. Oh, my mom has that one. I've heard good things about that one. Yeah, and I've heard the one something about, like, with Miss Westerly or something. I think, I think she's one that fell into the, like, you know, 
the woman in the window across the street from the girl in the house or like the woman in the house across the street like that whole <laughs> thing and so i think part of it was like yeah the death of mrs westaway oh westaway yeah i think it was just like people kind of slowly got sick of them a little bit yeah because i just feel like those books all came out at once you had like the girl on the train and just um you had the woman in the window you had just all of them and it was that same premise like a woman saw something, no one believes her, what really happened, did she really actually see anything, because everybody's accounted for, like, who's missing, so, yeah, it's just, those books can get pretty annoying. And, yeah, in A Dark, Dark Wood is a woman attends a bachelorette party of a childhood friend she hasn't, like, seen in years, and it's... (laughs) This is very uh, Knives Out. The party takes place in an isolated glass house in the woods. By the end of the weekend, someone is dead and everyone's a suspect. So that sounds very Agatha Christie. And um, um, Lucy Foley. Like Mm -hmm. the hunting party, the guest list, everybody's a suspect. And it's an isolation type book, so you know it has to be somebody. I think that's kind of what The Woman in Cabin 10 is, is like, there's only like 20 guests. So... Um. This should not surprise you. In a dark, dark wood, Reese Witherspoon is attached to produce the film. Perfect. So, (laughs) amazing, amazing. (laughs) Not surprised at all. (laughs) Um, but yeah, fun, fun, fun. Um, I only had one other thing on my list. Oh yeah, and it's book adjacent. Have you listened to "Regret Me" that they wrote for Daisy Jones and the Six, the movie? Have I listened to the song? Because they yet? wrote the whole, like they whole, they wrote Aurora basically, and they recorded it, but they've only, I think, at this point, released "Regret Me." I want to say if you've listened to. I it. think I've heard like a piece of it. Snippets. So I listened to it, and this is from somebody who loves Fleetwood Mac, and we know that this is like loosely based yeah. on them, and like other music from that time. Yeah. You know, obviously, there's similar sound. I'm worried for the rest of it because "Regret Me" sounds very country to me. And there are bits that I really like, but then there are other parts that I'm like, that sounds like a country song. Oh, no. So I think I'm hoping the rest will be yeah. better. But maybe, like, like, there are other parts of it that sound less country and more for, like, that for me at least fit that time and that, mm-hmm. like, style yeah. and that genre. So I'm confused as to why they're not using those bits versus the bit they chose. Yeah. So, but I'm I'm interested to hear like the entire soundtrack of this mm-hmm. and just seeing like because like obviously like in the book they quote the songs but like you're not hearing the song you're not listening to how the beat is you're just seeing what the words are so to mm-hmm. like actually put those two music and stuff is going to be really interesting and like does it change the way I feel now about what I picture Daisy Jones and the Six to be like what kind of band I pictured them to be. Because I picture them, like, this very, like, soulful, like, rock band, but just, like, just deep voices, like, almost has, like, a rasp to it kind of thing. Like, you just feel the ache in their voices. So you can, like, you hear that in their their voices. I'm, mm-hmm. like, more about, like, the instruments. Oh, okay. How they... And the cadence. I'm like, this sounds a little too country. <laughs> <laughs> like, it was this close to waiting for one of them to be like, regret me, instead of, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so... Uh, I'll have to like listen to it. I'll have to find it on YouTube and 
listen to it. But I will. I, I think will it's say on that... Spotify. Well, I'm sure it's made its way to YouTube, but definitely on Spotify. Okay, I'm definitely going to. It'll probably be because I think it premieres March 3rd, if I'm not mistaken, um, and it's going to be a sh- series. So I don't know how they release. Um, if it's going to be like all the episodes at once, like Netflix does. Or if it's going to be like Hulu, where it's like weekly. I don't know how they're going to do it. What's it going to be on? I think it's Amazon Prime. Okay. They might do it like once a week. Yeah. So, I will probably, end of February, beginning of March, re-listen to the Audible just to get like excited for it. Because I I loved it so much. Um, So, I will probably do like a reread slash re-listen to it. Um just to get excited nice yeah um and like you've mentioned before the casting seems amazing yeah like they did a great job like it looks like exactly how i pictured it Mm -hmm. so yeah so i'm i'm really excited for this one i'm i'm this is i'm all in we've been i feel like we've been waiting like i feel like when they announced like both Daisy Jones and the Six and Where the Crawdads Sing. Like, I was super excited for both of them. Um, I've seen Daisy... I mean, I've seen Where the Crawdads Sing. I mean, it was good. Like, they did the best they could to put it into a movie. Um, Like, it is what it is. Um, They didn't really steer far from it, which Mm -hmm. is good. Um, But with Daisy Jones, you can do so much with it. And, like, having the actual music and stuff. So I really hope they do this book The one thing that it, it doesn't look like they're going to do... Is I really liked in the book how it was very much so like VH1 behind the music. So it was them looking yes. back at it. And I liked that you got the same situation explained from multiple viewpoints. And it yeah. looks like they're just going to do it, like do without that and just run through it. So I think, are they not? Oh, I saw, I, I saw a clip where it's Daisy's character and she's like, how much do you want to oh, know? Okay, like, okay that'll like be she's better, I think, because I think yeah. that like added... Like, having the multiple viewpoints of it was really, really good. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, one of the clips I saw in the trailer, it looks like she's sitting down and she's okay. like, how much do you want to do or something? Maybe I missed that part then, but. Yeah, so it looks like they're. I feel like you can't not that do that. Was like, like, that was know, such a crucial part. Like, that's. The whole thing. <laughs> that's what made that that. <laughs> like, oh, I can't wait to reread it now. You just got me so excited. I'm putting that on my February TBR too. Okay, bye. Uh, yeah. Fun, fun. Cool. That was all that was on my list. Anything else? Okay. Yeah, mine was just basically the books that I'm currently reading. Talk about this time tomorrow. And then I have been waiting patiently to do my TBR jar. Because now I feel like I have to do it when we record. Yeah. I like, like the... Um, I feel like I can't do it off... The, uh, off- Yeah. And I should have been like, on this episode of ASMR. <laughs> the little whispers. The I couldn't do, because I do ASMR to fall asleep, so I was finding some good ones on YouTube. Uh, somebody? But I can't close it and still listen to it, so I would have to, like, flip my phone upside down while listening. I was like, maybe there's a podcast. Yeah. It's not the same. I don't know what it is. It's not the same. It can be the <laughs> same exact content, but it's not the same. Some... Yeah, somebody... Somebody at work said I would be really good at ASMR videos. Like, I should just go around, like, just tapping different things with my nails. Yeah, because you have the good... I have nubs. 
So. <laughs> yeah. But okay. Um, anything else? No. 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 Cool. Um, well, our Twitter is reading W Celebs. Instagram is reading with celebs. Um, we are we just hit um, one thousand three hundred fifty followers on there, boop, boop. so that's exciting. Um, so please go give us a like, follow, subscribe, review, all of those fun things, and we will see you next week. Happy reading! Bye, guys. Bye.